one show gives you the information that can change and shape your life. The IMA Doctors. Get straight talk and honest answers to your healthcare questions from the team of doctors at IMA Healthcare. And we have Dr. Mark Yoey in studio with us. Dr. Yoey, welcome back to the studio. Thanks for having me. It's been a hot minute since you've been in the studio. It has. Welcome back. We're Thank excited you. to have you. Okay. So uh, you're an internal phys- me- uh, medicine physician, which every time I read that on your bio sheet makes me think, how many external medicine physicians are there? <laughs> right? Is there somebody? And I suppose like a dermatologist would be considered an external oh, medicine. Sure. Is that Maybe. right? Maybe. Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> But you're with IMA Healthcare and uh, specialize in uh, men's health with a special interest in joint injections and arthritis. So if that is something you're thinking about, those joint injections, arthritis, you're going to want to write write this down. 35270, that's the text club of KFGO. You can also call in 701-237-5948. But let's get started with a couple things. We've got some planned topics today. Both men and women battle disease every day, but men are more likely to get uh, to let those illnesses go unnoticed. I know I did. I mean, it turns yeah, out that I uh, turns out I got salmonella and I didn't do anything about it for a long time, and that's not the good thing. That's not a good thing. You don't want to do that for um, multiple months. Right. Just let himself drink slow. Pedialyte, meat <laughs> crackers, and thought everything's gonna work itself out. Why do you? You're think a shining it is? example. I am. I'm like, is this written about me? Why do you think it is that men are more likely to not go in when something's wrong? You know, that's it's hard. Men just, I think they're more stubborn. They don't think that something is wrong or that they can tough it out. Um, I think, you know, they, and they sometimes are just busy and neglect, them, neglect themselves. And if they're not used to going um, from years of just not going, then they don't know what to do. And I think some are scared. And some are embarrassed. You know, you get a lot who are like, oh, I'm embarrassed to talk about something. And I'm like, you know, it doesn't leave the office. It's, it's, if I've heard it from someone else, so it doesn't matter. Right. <laughs> right. And There's not a lot you haven't seen at yes, this point. Exactly. Yeah. I know for me, it's my spouse is the one who says, you need to go to the doctor. And, and it's to the point of where I bet you see a lot of those spouses walk in and sit in the waiting room and make sure that that happens. That guy and you, goes get a, in. you get a lot of, uh, uh, my wife made the appointment. Yeah, <laughs> sure. And it, she put it in my Google calendar. <laughs> are you taking new patients right yes. now? So if yep. that spouse is listening, they want yes. to make an appointment with you? <laughs> yes. Uh, let's talk about some of the top health risks for men. I would guess heart disease, prostate cancer. What would you add to the list, Dr. Yoey? Uh, <clears throat> you know, there's... Still hypertension and diabetes and high cholesterol, so all those kind of go hand in hand. And then depending upon, you know, individuals, how, what they do with their body, you know, some people wear out sooner than others because they have physical laborious jobs that, or they are just very active and use and abuse. So it it varies, but heart disease is is a big one. Um, Let's... Tell us about checking PSA levels. Talk about the test and what people can expect, how often they should be doing that. What is it used for? All of that good stuff. What is a PSA level? Because (laughs) I hear it, but I don't really take uh, notice of it. Yeah. So, I mean, typically um, the PSA is a blood test and it's used to screen for prostate cancer. Um, There's controversy regarding the PSA. And so the current recommendations are um, usually we start checking it at 50 but you, they advise that you sit down with your provider, discuss, like, the risks and benefits, and then 
make a plan jointly going forward whether or not to check it. Um, I would say in my practice, most men want it checked, um, and it's a concern for them. I think over the years, we've gotten better options if the PSA is elevated. It used to be like, okay, PSA is elevated. Let's go do some random prostate biopsies, which may or may not yield anything because you're just like blindly. I mean, they're doing it under guidance, but they're just taking random, you know, 15, 20 spots and and checking where I think in the last several years we've had prostate MRI that has become more popular. So my usual practice is if the PSA is elevated, we recheck it. If it continues to be elevated, um, then it, it depends on, you know, age and what someone wants to do. But we usually do a prostate MRI. Then that either comes back, it's just an enlarged prostate with no focal masses, or there's a lesion that is seen that is either suspicious or, or whatnot. And then we have an area to target with a biopsy. What about just lab work in general? How mm-hmm. often should you get labs done? So it really depends on your health conditions. I mean, I would say, you know, if you have underlying issues, at least yearly. I mean, diabetics, obviously, more frequently, depending on the nature of their disease, sometimes every three to four months, up to six months. Um, it's amazing, though, you know, like you have a few people who are diabetic and they don't do their follow-up for a year, and then all of a sudden, boom, you know, their sh- sugars are very not well-controlled. And so it's important to do those follow-ups to try to prevent other things from happening. I absolutely understand. And what? I suppose we're talking about the stubborn people who it might have been five years since they've gone in for an annual physical, oh, so yes. they probably are due for it no matter what. Yes. Uh, you usually get like, oh, I haven't seen a doctor in 20 years, and I didn't have diabetes, hypertension, hyperlipidemia until I saw you. I'm like, oh, you did. You just didn't have it diagnosed. <laughs> right. <laughs> you might have had you it for 19 years. Yes. You just weren't treating it <laughs> yes. at this point. Um, everyone wants to look and feel younger. I mean, that age-defying industry has become so massive. The reality is that you, the age you appear to be depends far more on your everyday habits. What are some of the top bad habits that are going to make you age faster, quicker? Well, <clears throat> I mean, there's several. Smoking is probably a huge factor. Even And so many people are not. Or, I mean, there's so much less smoking, so that's a good thing. But that is definitely going to be a big contributing factor. Lack of exercise, poor diet, high alcohol intake. Um, lack of sleep, another big factor for people. Um, the body does need to rest and uh, so that will definitely and then you know how much are people out in the sun without protection that is a big factor Mm -hmm. for um skin issues is sitting really the new smoking it definitely sedentary is not healthy you know there's um i just read something this past weekend about um activity levels and exercise and how it really can um prolong your life expectancy if you maintain an active lifestyle Okay, let's take a step back to the sleeping thing because I remember thinking that CPAP machines were really rare when I was younger, and now it seems like everyone is going in for a sleep study. Yes. You know, they're acting, are you sleeping well? Yeah, I sleep well every night. Are you sleeping well every night? And usually, again, you got to ask the spouse, right? Absolutely. Be like, well, no, George is choking himself awake every 10 minutes. It's funny how some people with very severe sleep apnea think they're sleeping totally fine. Um it, you know, and it's not just 
you know, sleep apnea, that's a problem. There's insomnia. There's, you know, people who have anxiety that can't shut the brain off at night and lay awake thinking about the week's tasks and what's going on. So there's a lot of other contributing factors, but sleep apnea is big and it's not just overweight people. I have thin, healthy, you know, very active people who have it. So um, it is something that can affect people across the board, but treating it for the most part, you know, people feel a lot better treating it. I Are we talking about people like all the way into their 20s? I mean, can you get oh, you sleep apnea oh, yes. at any age? Really? Oh, yes. My nephew had it who was when he was three or three or four. Really? He had such severe enlarged tonsils that he had sleep apnea. And so it got fixed with tonsillectomy. But it certainly, I mean, you can see it in kids. Okay, so let's talk about sleep issues for a minute. Let's stay here because it seems that when the pediatricians are in, we talk about sleep issues. And even when adult doctors are in, we talk about sleep issues. Are there a lot of people using medication to sleep? Is it safe to do that? Um, Are there any risks associated with taking a regular sleep medication? I think, um, you know, depending upon what the medication is, you know, so there's different lines of treatment where there's some that are more um, controlled than others. And so you we try to typically start with something more on the mild side. And if that fails, then we start going to stronger um, medication. The problem with like, say, for instance, Ambien, you know, there are risks that can occur with that medication. You can, some people wake up and don't know they're awake and do weird things in the middle of the night on that medication. So not everyone tolerates everything. And some people like one will knock them out and and they'll sleep for way past, you know, eight hours. (laughs) So it really depends upon the the person and what their tolerance to medication is. I'm a lightweight. When I take NyQuil, it's like I'll see in 12 hours. Yeah. And NyQuil has Benadryl in it and that's what's making... You fall asleep, but the caveat to Benadryl is there is a subset of the population who get hyper on it. That's me. And so oh, others, really? they get restless yes. and hyper, and it does not knock them out. So, oh my gosh, you know, not so everyone funny. can I was do like, that. I was like, Benadryl does the opposite to me. I always thought I was weird, but yeah, there, there's there is a, a thing. Subset. Yep, absolutely. Yeah, it's weird. Benadryl will like hype me. It's like taking a little bit of caffeine. Mm-hmm. It is yep. not oh. putting me to sleep. Yep. <laughs> it is mm, so strange. Uh, let's talk a little bit about IMA. So you expanded the clinic. You guys have had major cha- If you looked at IMA five years ago, you guys have really made some huge changes over there. We have, yes. Yeah, we have added several different um, specialties. So that's been a big benefit with the addition of pediatrics, rheumatology, dermatology, OBGYN. Um, so, yeah, there's been a lot of change that has been good for the office and good for you know, patients being able to access care. Dr. Mark Yoey is with us. He is an internal medicine physician at IMA Healthcare. He specializes in men's health with a special interest in joint injections and arthritis. Dr. Mark... It is the IMA Doctor Show. Dr. Yoey is an internal medicine physician at IMA Healthcare. He specializes in men's health with a special interest in joint injections and arthritis. Here's a question in a 35270. It's a good one. I already know the answer, but I'll let Dr. Yoey answer. Does IMA have a dermatologist on staff? We do have a dermatologist on staff, Dr. Blankenship. Dr. Blankenship also takes, I'll throw it out there, he will take same-day appointments if they're available, which is amazing. Yeah, he's pretty quick to get into. Yeah. 
and he's great. Which I, we've seen him several times. Is the opposite you you hear about like oh I'm going to see the dermatologist next year, so I need right. to make my appointment today. Yes, right. And it's going to be for six o'clock in the morning on a Sunday. <laughs> That's the only time I can get in. Uh, a joint question. It says if you are taking a statin that has a side effect of joint pain, can that occur as a kind of constant low-grade pain? And when should it be brought to my physician's attention? So I think, you know, statins, they do cause muscle aches and pains for certain people. Um, I think if it's very low-level and tolerable, then I don't think you probably need to worry too much. But if it's something that's interfering with your ability to function, then it's something definitely that should be brought up. My typical, what I would do is like I would have them do a holiday from the medication for like four weeks and then reassess and be like, Hmm. did your joint pain get better? It didn't. Okay, well, then it's not your statin. You have arthritis. (laughs) Yeah. So, you know, so some people associate like because they hear reports like the medication causes that and that doesn't happen to everybody. I have a really dumb question, but how is arthritis diagnosed? So typically... You do an x-ray. Okay. And that usually will show the de- de- degeneration that's occurring. Sure. And and you can see it too. Like some people, you know, you can see like, you know, people who are walking like bow-legged or knock-kneed. I mean, that's clearly an arthritic process that's going on with their knees. And you can see kind of bony changes by just visibly inspecting too. Is there any new treatment to arthritis that has come out in the last handful of years it depends on what you're treating so for inflammatory arthritis like rheumatoid and other rheumatologic conditions there are newer drugs that are being developed all the time for osteoarthritis um i think there's some things there i believe there's a new med that is in the works it might be out that's supposed to be beneficial but i don't know i haven't seen much on it yet so I think that's being worked on. You know, everybody back in the day loved Vioxx that got taken off the market um, because they all, everybody felt better on it. So there hasn't been a, a great thing since that agent. Is is there anything that you can do that isn't necessarily a prescription medication for arthritis pain? Oh, yeah. I mean, you can do Tylenol and ibuprofen, Aleve, you know, are definitely things that will help with the pain. Sure. Is surgery an option at all when it comes to arthritis? I mean, oh, yeah, are we that's doing when anything? you see people getting joint replacements. Yeah. So when they get to like end stage knee arthritis, then you end up getting a knee replacement. Isn't there something about that you can like scrape the arthritis off? Isn't there a process to so go about that? So sometimes they'll do a arthroscopic procedure to go in and kind of clean up some of the the arthritis that is occurring, and then they'll do sometimes where they like do something called a microfracture where they drill into the bone in the knee and then try to suck stuff out to try to stimulate, you know, healing and, and improvement. Those are typically, you know, it's not the answer for life, but it may buy you time to a knee replacement. Hmm. Interesting. Are you going in specifically for that or are they only going in and doing that if there's some other issue? No, they will specifically go oh, in. They will. I mean, depending on, okay. upon the person's you know, right. scenario. I mean, some people, it's just they... No, it's not going to be overly prolonged benefits, so they may choose to just get the knee replacement. But, you know, you have to look at age as a factor, too. You know, the there's a limitation in how long these joints typically last for people. So if you're young, 50, 55, I mean, and needing a joint replacement, they may want to hold off. And then 
you look at too, what is your BMI? And they may say, well, you need to lose 20 pounds or 40 pounds because it's just going to wear that new joint. You're going to have problems. And so they want that. But then again, how do you exercise when you can't move? Right. So then Mm -hmm. you have to look at, you know, significantly watching your diet, doing low impact activities, swimming, things that don't, you know, load your joint and cause increased pain. Joint, arthritis, pain, any of these kind of, uh, aches and pains that we have is it better to use heat or ice or do neither of them really work i think it is a kind of a personal preference um because i mean i have people who you know they say okay well treat it with ice but then they don't like it they feel stiff and sore with that and and then they feel better with heat so i think you know definitely like an acute injury ice is definitely usually a better option to try to reduce that swelling and things like that but you know people will often say you know they like probably heat better. Some some like ice. I love heat. I'm like I if I have any acute pain, I'm like put a heating pad on it. <laughs> <laughs> it cures everything in my life. Um, someone says Grandpa and all his brothers, old Norwegian guys, always wore copper wire around their wrists. Wrists, and I see they sell copper bracelets. Is that? Um, I mean, I've heard people wear them, and I have patients who wear them, and they say it may help with pain reduction. Um, Like for arthritis? Yeah. I I think, you know, don't spend a lot of money on it. See if it helps. Sure. I mean, it may. Right. May, may not. It may. may I mean, even a a placebo effect, if it makes you feel better, (laughs) does make you feel better. Absolutely. What's the doc's opinion on stem cell injections? So I don't know if they're doing a lot of that up here here um i mean i think that's probably something that's up and coming with with more research is probably needed um just because it's pretty expensive but i do think you know you're injecting stem cells to help and what do they do they cause new tissue and and things to be built so i mean i think in theory it certainly could be a very promising thing but i know i believe there's a clinic in saint cloud that does a lot of that and i know people who have gone and had success with uh, improvement in in uh, pain what about CBD? Again, that for some that helps with pain, you know, definitely can, you know, taking it orally may help or even just in a topical formulation where they can rub it on. You know, it's kind of like probably biofreeze and things like that. Some people get relief. Some people don't. Who that person is who's going to find improvement is hard to predict. This is the IMA Doctor Show. Taking your questions is Dr. Mark Yoey, an internal medicine physician at IMA Healthcare, who specializes in men's health with a special interest in joint injections and arthritis. We'll continue to take your questions at 35270 and 237 5948 when we come back. This is the IMA Doctors Show on KFGO. Dr. Mark Yohi is with us from IMA Healthcare. Someone wants to know if there are dietary suggestions to reduce arthritis pain. So definitely there are dietary things. You know, a Mediterranean diet um, is going to probably be better. Um, There's anti-inflammatory properties in, in that, as well as, you know, staying away from, like, Fried fatty foods is going to be a, a benefit typically to help reduce inflammation. Um, you know, trying to avoid soda intake, limit your um, alcohol and everything like that. Absolutely. Someone wants to know if melatonin CBD is safe for a sleeping aid. Yes, I believe that is is fine. Okay. What uh, causes an adult to get Charlie horses? 
Well, it could be an electrolyte imbalance. If your potassium or magnesium is abnormal, that'll definitely cause cramping. Really? Eat a banana, right? Eat a, ba- is, eat a banana? Isn't yes. that what you're supposed to do if yeah. you get a Charlie horse? Yep. Eat a banana? Eat a banana. <laughs> are we in a, a place where people are not properly hydrating in a lot of cases? I see oh, people I think, drinking so much soda. Yeah, I think we're terribly not well hydrated. And you people forget. and. So many people come in and I'll be like, okay, well, your creatinine's a little abnormal this year. And then I look at some other numbers on their panel. I'm like, well, it looks like you're probably just dehydrated. So when you do your labs, make sure you drink water. Even if you want fasting labs, you can drink water. Hmm. And so, in fact, the lab people like it if you drink water because they'll be able to find your blood vessels easier. (laughs) So... It's very important, and I don't think people realize that they don't drink enough water. Most people say, oh, I do, and I'm like, I, I don't think you do. Yeah, there's no way that uh, – I would guess that most of the population is not. And I've, and I've read, I don't know if this is true, that if you're well hydrated, it's harder to catch the cold that's going around, or it's harder to catch whatever virus is circulating. It's just better for you all around. Sure. And, you know, the other thing, too, is I have – I get – you know, young men who come in who are, you know, really hitting the protein powder for building those muscles and workouts. And I'm like, but you're knocking off your kidney function because you're not drinking, you're not compensating with drinking enough water. So if you're doing that, you've got to increase your water intake if you're doing a high, super high protein because you've got to flush those kidneys. So protein supplements, big, always have been big, right? Is there a specific kind of protein supplement that you push people towards I usually don't push okay. them one way or another okay um but I just inform I mean because some of people I mean on top of like a high protein intake of like chicken and other um meats they're doing lots Shakes. of protein supplementation yeah. and so they really have to be conscious about increasing their water intake and what about collagen supplements, which seems to be really buzzy over the last handful of years? Yeah, I don't know a lot about them. Um, I do. I can say that your collagen, it does decrease as we age. That's why your skin gets thinner, you know, you bruise easier. All that is your collagen is getting reduced. So if you can save it and build it, that's beneficial. But who knows if they're actually doing How well that? they work and yeah. how much do you have to spend? Right. And what it... Are you supposed to be taking it in a powder form or a pill form? Exactly. Or That's the tough thing. A lot of that stuff is not regulated by the FDA. So, right. you know, they can make claims about their products and whether or not they're true. You know, what is the science behind them and how effective are they? So, Do you, do you believe in the t- drinking apple cider vinegar each day? Any, well, I've, any I know thoughts about that? I know people do it and they claim it helps, but... It sure tastes awful. Yeah, I know. I've been <laughs> agreed. Agreed. Uh, Dr. Mark Yohi has been here from the IMA Healthcare Clinic that is on the corner of 32nd Avenue and 45th Street here in Fargo. They are taking new patients, as is Dr. Yohi. You can call in now, 701 280 2033 is their phone number. You can find them at imahealthcare.com. IMA Healthcare is focused on whole person, preventative, and specialized medical care. Instead of simply treating a symptom, they'll work to find the source of that symptom and what it means to your overall health. IMA Healthcare, embracing the personal side of medicine. Dr. Yoey, thanks so much for being here. Appreciate it. Thank you. You can join us March 20th for the next IMA Doctors Show on KFGO.